Uh, let's go to Second Kings chapter 4. By the way, if you register for that partnership, you will get a CD every month through the mail as well. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. And a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. Here we have a woman who spoke to Elisha, a great prophet, and she said to him, your servant, my husband, is dead. Your servant, my husband, is dead. Now, her husband was a prophet too. And she said to Elisha, she said, my infrastructure is gone. My support is gone. My husband is dead. And then she said, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So what she's actually saying is, the person that I depend on is dead, and I have a major threat against me. When we came to this building tonight, we all have challenges. Even the man in the pulpit has challenges. I'm not superior, but you must learn to allow God to flow with His gifts through you in spite of what your challenges are. If I need to preach to you based on the fact that I have no challenges, then I will never speak. She said the creditor is coming. The creditor is a type of the devil. The creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. She is a type of the church. And she said to Elisha the prophet, the creditor Satan is coming to take my two sons. The word son means ministry. And the word son also means carrier of future generations. The pride of the church is the ministries. A church that does not have a ministry is not really a church, it's a club. A club doesn't minister. A club give you benefits and you pay them a fee. That's a club. She said, he's coming to take my two sons uh, to be his slaves. That's what the devil does. Everything he has in mind for you is to put it into slavery. He wants to take everything that you are and that you have and put it into slavery. The greatest honor of a woman in the Old Testament was to have a boy. In fact, those days, it was a greater honor to have a son than a, than a girl. It's not that way today, but that's just the way it was. So what she's saying is, Satan is coming to take my honor away. And that is still applicable today. Satan has one thing in mind, and, and that is to take our honor away. So that's what she said to Elisha, and now she seeks him, or she actually expects him to answer in a good way. And fix her problem immediately. Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? Everybody say, in the house. 
Strange question. He doesn't offer her an answer. He asks her a strange question. He said, what do you have in the house? Elisha does not give her a word because we all expect that's what prophets do. No, a true prophet, a true man of God will always refer you back to the inner strength. What is that inner strength? I don't think I know. It must be the Holy Ghost. So he said to her, what do you have in the house? It's almost like he knew that there was something in the house. It's almost like he's prophetically speaking to the church, and, 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 and I can almost, almost hear the Spirit of God saying, tell my people they have something in the house. They just don't know him. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's what we quote. We quote the Scripture. We say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. But we don't really believe what we just said. Come on. We act like he, the one that's in us is smaller than the threat that is against us. But we quote the Scripture that says, greater is he. So Elisha said, uh, what shall I do for you? What do you have in the house? Everybody say, in the house. Everybody say, it must be in the house. Everybody say, we don't need to go anywhere. It's already in the house. Say, in the house. Turn to somebody and say, it's right here. In the house. Everybody say, not in the man of God. In the house. What do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. I mean, Mr. Elisha, to be very honest with you, uh, I'm bankrupt because nothing means nothing. I mean, <laughs> you want me to give you a revelation on the word nothing? Nothing means zero, zilch, nothing, nothing. Nothing means nothing, nothing, nothing. You know, you, Mr. Prophet, I have nothing in the house but but uh, a, 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 a jar of oil. Can you just put my lid back there? Thank you, brother. Thank you. I mean, Mr. Prophet, I do have a jar of oil in the house, but to be honest with you, um, uh, yeah, we have nothing in the house, but yeah, we, we do have a jar. Now, 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 now that I think of it, uh, I have nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Uh, yeah, Mr. Prophet, but to be honest with you, Mr. Prophet, although we have the jar of oil, uh, what we know about the jar of oil is so little that <laughs> that's why I use the word nothing, you see, Mr. Prophet. You wonder why I put the word nothing in there, because, Mr. Prophet, you must understand that although we have a little bit of the Holy Ghost in our church, we do not really know the Holy Ghost, and, and uh, yeah, the jar of oil type of the Holy Ghost, but we call him nothing because, I mean, he's there forever, Mr. Prophet. We have him even written into the Constitution. But, Mr. Prophet, to be honest with you, there's nothing going on in our church. But, yes, now that you talk about it, yeah, I, actually, I have nothing. But to be very honest, I have a jar of oil.
Then he said, now watch this. So it's the church talking to Elisha. Elisha talking to the church. The church in conversation with a prophetic ministry. Prophetic ministry that doesn't use the moment to show the church how powerful he is, but a prophetic ministry, Elisha, that's going to direct her back to the jar. She thought he's going to give her a word and get her out of her crisis with a word, but he's about to give her a teaching on what you do with a jar of oil. Amen? So he said, go borrow vessels. Everybody say, borrow vessels. From everywhere. Everywhere? Where is everywhere? Everywhere. Can I tell you where everywhere is? It's everywhere. Everywhere? How far is that? I don't know. As far as you can travel. Everywhere. No limitations. You go wherever, uh, everywhere. Problem is when you talk about the jar of the Holy Ghost, you have no limitations because this can go everywhere. You now understand why I'm wild and I believe God can turn a whole continent to their knees. Why? Because this can go everywhere. Amen. Everybody say everywhere. Go borrow. Borrow vessels. Borrow vessels. Borrow vessels. 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 Why vessels? <laughs> go borrow vessels. Another word for vessels. Containers. Oh, my goodness, when Elisha heard about the jar of oil, he thinks of containers. Wow, when we look at the jar of oil, we see trouble, sickness, diseases, curses. When Elisha heard about the jar, he said, I'm thinking about vessels, containers, because Mr. Or, lady, if you know what I know about the jar of all that is in your house, you will not call it a jar. You will first go and get vessels. You will first prepare the ground. Don't open up that jar, lady, because if you open it up and you don't have vessels, you're in trouble. You must first get the vessels because you're going to see something happen when you open up that jar. I mean, don't allow that Holy Ghost to come out of you. That's why many churches put a lid on the Holy Ghost, because as long as they have a lid on the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost can do nothing. Amen? How many of you realize that as long as the lid is on, you are pretty safe? I have changed the atmosphere in one second. Now, nobody wants to sit on the front pew anymore. Why? Because all of a sudden, the moment the lid is off, it changes the atmosphere. If I do what I've just done a minute or two, don't worry, ma'am, don't worry, don't worry. Go borrow vessels everywhere. And then watch what he said. He said, empty vessels. Empty vessels. Please don't fill it up. Don't put something into it. Don't help the Holy Ghost. Bring empty vessels. 2,000 years ago, 
God said to Jesus, his son, he says, son, I want you to go. The world is empty. They are desperate. They are cursed. They are dying. They are sick. They are empty. Empty vessels. Go borrow empty vessels. And then he said, from all your neighbors, from all, all, I mean all, I mean the words that Elisha used has no limitation. I mean the words is widespread open. All your neighbors, everybody say all the neighbors. Now watch what Elisha says and then he emphasized, do not gather just a few do not gather. Well, many of you know what I know. You will not have a few mentality. You will not have a poverty approach. You will not have a us for and no more approach. Change your thinking. Do not gather just a few. What he's actually saying to her is, I put the amount of your blessing, the size of your blessing, I put it in your hand. You decide, but I want to warn you, don't think small. It's amazing what happened in Elisha when he heard about the jar. We need prophets. We need fivefold ministers that has a new perception, idea, understanding, revelation of who the Holy Ghost is. Don't talk about the Holy Spirit as if he's disabled and he needs a disabled parking because he's kind of sickly and he can do nothing. We treat the Holy Ghost like he's got a badge being, because he's disabled. He's just the third person in the Trinity. He's actually a nuisance. We can do with God alone. Elisha said to her, I'm not going to prophesy to you. I'm going to refer you back to your roots. I'm going to take you back to your inner strength. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Behind you and your sons. So when you have come in. So now what does she do? She went to all her neighbors. Uh, you see, sometimes, church, your battle, your struggle, your emptiness will be exposed to all your neighbors. So that when, I mean, all your neighbors, I mean, when you're desperate, when you're desperate and you need to pay the creditor and you don't have vessels, what are you going to do? You're going to borrow everybody's vessel. And by the time they, you borrowed their vessel, they're going to say to you, but why do you want my vessel? Well, I had a prophet in my house and, and he said that I should gather all the vessels in all the neighborhood and, and then what? Well, I'm going to shut the door. It's none of your business. It's just me and my two sons. You see, we are bankrupt. I'm about to lose everything. So I'm going to have a shut the door meeting. Shut the door. Shut the door meeting. 
Why do you want to have a shut-the-door meeting? Well, I'm going to do something that you don't understand. I mean, uh, well, can you tell me a little? No, no, I don't want to tell you what I'm going to do because the prophet told me what to do, but I'm not going to tell you what, what he told me because if you heard what he told me to do, you will probably think I'm crazy. But, you know, I'm so desperate. I'm dying, so I'm ready to do anything that God tells me because I'm about to lose. The creditor is coming. Ca- cancer is coming. coming. Diseases is coming. I'm dying. I've got my my. my days are numbered. The doctor gave me six months to live. So I'm going to go to a church where you will never go. They call it Pentecostals. They are crazy. They are different. But I'm telling you, I've got no hope. I'm going to go to that church. I know nobody goes there. It's a shut the door kind of church. Nobody knows what's going on behind their doors. They go to church every week of the, I mean, every day of the week. I mean, they have guest speakers with strange accents. They go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night. They stay there for three hours. They throw all their money into the offering bag, and they call it God. Strange people. You shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Everybody say, me and my sons. Me and my honor, me and my future, that was her future. Her sons was the future. There comes a time that you need to shut the door. There comes a time that you need to say to everybody, I'll see you next week. I'll see you two weeks from now, but I've got an appointment with God, and I need to get my sons and my family, and we're going to shut the door. We are desperate. And what we're about to do, we've never done before. But you see, church, when you're desperate, you do things that you've never done before. How many of you realize when you're desperate, you do strange things? Will I ever forget? And God will always test you. In the early 90s or, yeah, very early 90s or late 80s, I was praying. I left my church. I'm praying for a year. God gave me a word to the nations. Prayed every night. Prayed every night. One o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. Pray, pray, pray. What shall I do? Lay my hands on the telephone. God, I pray that T.D. Jakes will call me out of America. Well, he never called, even until this day. Lay my hands on the telephone. I, I, I mean, I've named big names. They did, never called me. Uh, I mean, and the, why will they call me? They've got no clue who I am. I'm just a nobody. They will not call me. Well, I've prayed for months. And one night, one night, the Lord said to me, I want you to buy a big tent. I said, how big? The Lord said, a few thousand. You find one, I'll approve it, or I will tell you to go for something bigger. I said, why must I buy a tent? The Lord said, are you desperate? I said, yes, God, I'm very desperate. God says, buy a tent. I said, God, I, I don't have a ministry anymore. I left my church. They are discussing me. They are talking about me. They call me names because, God, I trusted you. God says, buy a tent. I said, how big? God says, thousands. Long story short, I bought a tent that sees 3,500 people. I don't even preach to one. I bought a tent. I've got a picture of it. It's in Atlanta. I'm going to frame it. It's a beautiful picture. And I, I bought the tent. I said, Lord, and now the Lord says, that's all I want you to do. You've got your tent. Thank you. Okay, deliver it. I had no chairs for the tent. 3,500 chairs, I don't have the money to buy it. 
I don't have a team to put it up. I don't have a truck. I don't have electricity. I don't have sound equipment. I've got nothing. I don't have carpets. I don't have lights. I have a massive steel structure that sees three and a half thousand people. I did what God said. <laughs> Somebody heard about it. Called me. Brother Andre, we heard you, you've, you, you bought a tent. I, yeah, I said, yes, 3,500. They said, come to my church immediately. But come without the tent. Got another call. We heard you bought a tent. I said, yes, I bought a tent. I will make the short story very short. God used a rumor that was not a lie. The whole nation heard I bought a tent. And based on a rumor, when I was desperate, I got invitations to do series of meetings all over the nation from people that would never have invited me ever in their wildest dreams. And since that day, God has launched me. And two years later, I sold that piece of sale. I never had chairs. I never had lights. I never had a truck. Why? God, wait until you are desperate, and then he will get you to do something you've never done before. God fooled the whole nation. Yes. Come on, church. You want to know how to break forth when the creditor is coming? God will help you. Now, watch this. And... Uh, so she went from him and shut the doors behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her. And now she's going to pour. I need the other bottle, brother. Put a lid on there. Thank you. Now listen to this. Door shut. Jar of oil is in her hand. Watch this. Jar of oil in her hand. Two boys is in the house. Just her and the two sons. The boys knew the creditor is coming. It's amazing, she said, creditor is coming to take the boys. She already knew that the creditor was not so much focused on her, but he wants to take her future, her honor, her ministry. The devil is not afraid of the church, but he's afraid of the ministry, the gifts that come out of the church. And that's why she said, he's coming to take my sons. She's got the jar of oil. Now watch this. She's got hundreds of vessels in the house. So before God restored her faith in the oil that she never believed in, God got her to increase the capacity that she wants to, I mean, she wants to pour this into a container the size of this building. What would you think of me if I get on the roof of this building and I say to you that I believe this building has just become a container and the Lord said that I must fill this whole church with water uh, and the gift is, that's my gift. God will wait until your gift looked like a, f a foolish thing. Come on, church. It's like Rebecca. I will, I, I will give all your camels water. A camel has two stomachs. 
A camel drink a lot of water. That thing was made to live without water for weeks, but when it drinks, it swells up. It has double stomachs. And she said, I will feed all your camels water, and I have my pitcher. A pitcher was the size of for human needs. There comes a time in your life that the threat is so big that the gift that you have will seem to be impossible. Impossible! When the boys looked at her, the boys said, Mom, let's, let's make an assumption. Let's say she collected 300 uh, containers. Elisha said, do not gather just a few. That means Elisha never gave her a limit. In God, there is no limit. God will never limit you. Never settle for a limit. Never become satisfied with where you are. Never. Because that the moment you become satisfied, you've sent God away to go and bless somebody else that does not put limits on him. Come on. So now the two boys must have said to her, but mom, you never believed in the jar of oil when you had no containers. Now, you have so much containers, I mean, what you need to fill is more than what you have. I mean, mom, are you crazy? How will you fill this building with water when this is what you have? <laughs> you see, church, that's where the multiplication comes in. Multiplication never happens until you activate it. Come on. You can have a seminar on the Holy Ghost. You can write a book on the Holy Ghost. You can talk about the Holy Ghost. You can preach about the Holy Ghost. You can even put him into the Constitution. But as long as you put the lid on, you just frustrate the Holy Ghost. How many of you realize that if the water can talk to me, the water will say, don't frustrate me. See, that's what many people do with the Holy Spirit. We say, oh God, we believe in the Holy Ghost. Whoa, welcome into our meetings, Jesus. We believe in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We believe in the Holy Ghost. But we never take the lid off. very good with a bottle without a lid. Don't do that to me. I will probably choose you first. <laughs> Typical a pastor's child, you know. Give it to that one. Uh, give it to that one. They need it. No, you need it. You see, church, now she's going to pour. What is pour? How do you, what, how do you spell Pour. Can somebody spell to me? Because that's what she did. Come on. Does the Bible say she pour? Why behind shut doors? Because she's going to do something that doesn't make sense. 
she's going to try to fill up containers with something that doesn't make sense. Come on, church. God cannot wait that you start to do something that doesn't make sense, but you believe Him in spite of what your senses tell you. That's why God's blessing me. Because I, I'm in a ministry that doesn't make sense. Pastors come to me and say, how can you be a traveling ministry and you do all of the above? Because I do senseless stuff. I, I, I do things that doesn't make sense. Because that's when I feel, I mean, come on. There's nothing better to see that you fill up containers more than what you originally had. And I think the sons must have said to her, Mom, are you crazy? She says, maybe I am, but this is my last hope. I cannot lose you, son, so I'm willing to be strange. I'm willing to be crazy. I'm willing to lose my name, but son, before that devil comes to this door, we need to have a pouring session. Before Satan comes back to America, we need to have a moment where we will act in faith. Come on. Spell poor. Can you spell poor? Wrong. Can you spell poor? P spell poor? Wrong. Can you spell poor? You had your chance. Poor. Wrong. Can I tell you how you spell poor? You spell it A-C-T. Act. You see, as long as you look at the Holy Ghost, nothing is going to happen. But the moment she took that Bible and she started to pour. I'm sorry, brother. I'll pay the carpet. She started to pour her faith. She poured what she believed. She poured what she had. She could not give more. And when God saw that she's willing to pour what she had, there came a moment, moment, say moment, that she poured more oil into the container than what she had. She poured more oil. Listen to the church. I'm so sorry. I'll give her $5. Not for you, for her. Amen? Uh, I'll bless her afterwards. That's not fair. Church, God expect the church. You see, the modern-day church never pour beyond their understanding. The modern-day church serve God within the framework of the understanding. The Bible says you cannot please God without faith. As long as I can figure it out, I don't need faith. 
That's why the Bible says Abraham were going not knowing, but the Bible says by faith Abraham were going not knowing. Not knowing means I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know where this is going to end, but I'm going not knowing, but going. And when she poured, she filled the container. I just imagine the boys must have said to her, Mom, you have just filled a container that carries more oil than what you had in the bottle. And then they brought the other containers. And she poured that. And they brought another container, and she poured that. And they brought another container, and all of a sudden, a miracle happened. And as she looked at the bottle, she realized, I have nothing in the house, nothing. I, I, I have nothing. Uh, Mr. Prophet, I have nothing in the house. Oh, Mr. Prophet, I have, not, uh, 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 I have n- n- nothing. N- nothing. Uh, uh, nothing. Uh, I have nothing. What am I doing? I think she grabbed that bottle and she took the the label off. Come on. Because all of a sudden, she feels humiliated that she called it. I mean, uh, Mr. Prophet, I have nothing in the house. Nothing, nothing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but now that you mention it, yeah, I, I, I do have, I have a little jar of oil. I mean, Mr. Prophet, but to be honest with you, I mean, we believe in the Holy Ghost for the last hundred years, and I mean, nothing happened, and uh, that's why we leave him there on the side. He's got a lid on because, you know, Mr. Prophet, if we do allow him to take the lid off, it could become very messy, and Mr. Prophet, we have no idea where the water will go. Because, Mr. Prophet, the water can go anywhere, and that will offend people. And that's why, Mr. Prophet, we've decided before we offend people, we rather put a lid on, and then everybody can see the Holy Ghost. But as long as they don't get it on them, I mean, uh, uh, you see, because, Mr. Prophet, the moment we take the lid off, we lose control. And, and we don't want to lose control over something where we have no idea where this is going to end. Because, Mr. Prophet, the water can go everywhere. And we don't want the water to go everywhere. I mean, we like our church, but we, want, we, don't, we don't want a church that go everywhere. I mean, we don't want to spread the gospel everywhere. The only power that can get the gospel to the north, south, east, and the west of the world is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can take it everywhere. Come on, church. Somebody say, take the lid off. It came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. Now she's ready to pour. Bring it. Come on, bring it. I mean, this thing is working. Bring it. Bring me another vessel. And the son said, there is no other vessel. Then the oil ceased. Wow. The son said, Mom, there is no more vessels.
doesn't work anymore. Bible says the oil ceased. As long as you can provide vessels, God will allow the oil to flow. But your mouth has the power to stop it. Mother said, I'm ready for more, son. Son says, Mom, no more vessels. All ceased. Don't blame Africa for getting it all. Don't blame Africa. Don't blame third world nations for getting more. They are bringing the empty vessels. They are bringing their desperateness. But you see, church... We have the key in our hand for what God can do. So the oil ceased. Amazing. God's oil has ears. Wow. God will never pour His oil, His holiness on the floor. He pours it out on people. He pours it out on vessels. People like you and you and you. Are you with me, church? Now watch this. Now it happened, uh, verse 7, and she came and she told the man of God, and he said, go and sell the oil and pay your debt. I love that. Go and <laughs> he, he, he doesn't ask her, did it work? In Elisha's mind, um, uh, in, in Elisha's thinking, did it work is not a thought. The first thing he said to her is, go and pay all your debt. What he's actually saying is, I hope you got enough vessels. Because God's intention is to bless you and bless you to the point where you can pay all your debt and live, because what did he say? And live off the rest. Come on, church. We blame the prosperity people. Well, we don't believe in a prosperity. I've never preached about prosperity my whole life, but I do believe in prosperity. God wants to bless you, but you have the key in your hand. And then God says, I hope you've collected enough vessels. Because my intention is that you will pay your debt. Come on. That's what he said. Pay your debt. I believe God is going to raise up prophetic voices that will help the church to pay their debt. And live on the rest. The rest. What is the rest? That's the leftovers. Can you imagine Satan, creditor, come to her house Knock on the door. I want my sons. I want those boys. <laughs> and she said to him, wait a little bit, Satan, snake, Lucifer. You've come to my house to get, to put cancer on me and steal my honor. I've got news for you. <laughs> it's slippery in here, Satan. Give me a moment. I'm coming. It's pretty oily in here, Satan. You see, Satan, before you could come to my door, I had a discussion with a great prophet, Elisha. And God gave me a word that I need to restore my faith back in the Holy Ghost. Satan, you're too late. You're not going to get my boys. You're not going to get my honor. You're not going to get my health. You're not going to get my children. You're going to get nothing. I'm going to shut your mouth and I'm going to give you the money that you need. 
And I'm going to ask you to leave. And I've got news for you, you snake, Satan, you dog, you sickness, you cancer. I am so healthy, I even have extra that I'm going to live on. Satan, you wonder what happened in the meantime? I rediscovered the jar of oil. Satan, I poured against my understanding. Come on, church. We need people that are willing to believe against their understanding. Church, I remember when I was a young man in the ministry, a great prophet from England came and he said to me, and you will live in faith and you will go to the north and the south and the east and the west of this world and you will go to Australia, New Zealand and you will go to America and you will live in faith. And when he said you will live in faith, I said, my God, I don't want to live in faith. I'm an, an, account, an, 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 an accountant. I know I, 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 I was an, an accountant in a bank. Big, 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 400 staff members under me. So I know how numbers work. Don't you come and prophesy to me, I'm going to live by faith. Well, January 1987 was the last paycheck I received from a church. That's pretty long ago. That's 26 years ago. I walked out of my church. They gave me a check. Oh, Jesus, I went through ups and downs, valleys and valleys and high mountaintops. But can I tell you something, church? I never want a salary check again because I've learned that if I can pour and take off the lid, the check will not come in when I need it. But when it comes in, it normally takes me over and above. Hallelujah. 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 What am I saying to you? God honors faith. And God loves it when people believe Him against all odds. Hallelujah. Come on, give God a little bit of praise without clapping your hands. Don't clap your hands. Just give Him praise with your mouth. What do you have in the house? Who is that power that is within you? Who is that? Come on. God says, I have given every man and woman a measure of my spirit. Come on. When God created you, He never created you with nothing in you. He has already put a deposit of His Spirit in you. That's why you've come to this meeting tonight. Do you know that I never preach to dogs and cats? Because they never come to my meetings. Can I tell you why they never come? Because they don't have an ingredient of the Holy Ghost in them. 
But why do you listen to me? You sit here. You are very smart people, but you listen to the preaching. What draws you to the preaching? Is it my accent? No, it's not my accent. It is the deposit of the Holy Ghost that's in you. Why do you say amen and hallelujah? Because you can already identify with what's going on here. Why? Because God has put a measure of His Spirit in all of us, and now I am just stirring that gift in you. And I'm just taking off your lid. God uses me. It's one of my gifts. I have a gift to unlit people. I have a gift to unlit churches. I don't allow the church to come and sit on me. I come and I sit on them. Hallelujah. And I'm not going to allow you to put a lid on me. I'm going to unlid you. Hallelujah. Amen. I've got 300, 300 bottles of water behind. I've got it all organized. Now I'm just teasing. Don't worry. Some of you already said, oh, I've got this brand new shirt on and I've got this brand new suit, and I just hope he doesn't pour a lot of water. Thank God you did not come to my meetings 15 years ago. You better thank God. I was in Australia. We had 3,000 people in Brisbane in a prophetic conference. It was holy chaos. Oh, my goodness. God filled people with the Holy Ghost. To the point that we lose track of what's going on. But the time has come. I stood there this morning. I did not even think about the scripture. And the Lord said to me, I want you to take the lid off tonight. And then a few minutes later, he started to talk about the lid needs to come off. And I said, Lord, is he the speaker or am I the speaker tonight? The Lord said, no, he's just confirming that the lid needs to come off. And some of you look so belitted that I really need to, you know, there's not a word like that. But, you know, I have the ability to create English words. In my early days, I was in an Assemblies of God church, and I preached, and I said to the pastor afterwards, his name was Gary as well. He's much better looking than you. And uh, no. And I said to him, Gary, I used that word tonight. I said, man, I'm really picking up a lot of good words now in English. He said, to be very honest with you, Brother Andre, there is not such a word. I said, it's amazing how God used that word that doesn't exist. He says, yes, it's just by God's grace that he uses you because you say things that doesn't even exist. I said, well, I said, you can do a lot of things by faith without knowing the language. Come on, church. Don't be afraid to speak it out. The best way to learn a language is to speak it. I mean, I've said things from pulpits you never say from pulpits. I thought it was English. It's not English. It's bad words. I heard a few English words in, in British, and then I came to America. Never try to speak British English here. You're going to be land up in big trouble. Ah, man, goodness. Church, she paid the creditor. She kept her sons. 
She paid her debt. She lived on the rest. I'm here to say to you tonight, your best days are ahead of you. Your threat will not kill you. That sickness will not take you out. You say, but who are you to say that my sickness, I'm telling you, I have authority over that sickness in your body. Without me laying my hands on you, you've come into an atmosphere that by the grace of God, I can take authority over and I can control it. Yes, I'm not arrogant. I just go for every bit of authority that God gave me as his son. I'm his son. Jesus is my oldest brother. Yeah, he's my oldest brother. I don't know which one, I, where I fit in. I, I think I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. Who cares? As long as he's my oldest brother, I don't care what I fit in because there's a few million of us that's under him. Come on, billion. But I'm here. I have authority over you. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you come from. But I'm telling you tonight, your creditor will not get a hold of you. Your threat will not get a hold of you. Your sickness is not going to kill you. Your financial situation will end. Come on, I'm telling you. If you're willing to take off the lid and you're willing to believe God against all odds, God will multiply you out of your situation. I wish I could tell you about miracles. I, I remember certain things that happened, and, and even last year the Lord did a phenomenal thing uh, in our ministry. I mean... The, 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 it's just a phenomenal thing that God did last year. How did it happen? Number one, I had to see it. Number two, I had to take the lid off. God, God is not going to bring me in to take your lid off. Come on. God expects you to take the lid off from the very thing that you lost faith in. The very thing that you thought you cannot do is the very thing that you will have to do in order to activate God. The moment she act, the moment she poured, she started the process that became bigger than her thinking. And when she saw all the containers, she realized, I have just poured more oil than what I had. It will never become more until it's activated. Somebody say, I need to act. Somebody say, A-C-T. Are you with me? How many of you believe this? Father, I thank you tonight that you're going to multiply. Come on, let's worship the Lord. Lord, I have great people here. I have a lot of people, men and women, children. I have people here that sick, Lord. I have people here that have challenges, issues, difficulties. But God, I thank you. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Everywhere. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It's got nothing to do with your feelings. You say, well, I don't feel good. I don't care how you feel. Jesus. Father, I thank you.
Come on, let us just worship Jesus. Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you're going to take the lid off tonight. <clears throat> Lord, sometimes the lid on our miracle is our thinking. Oh. Father, I thank you that you're going to take the lid off. Somebody, the lid is coming off. Say it, say it, say it, say it. The lid is coming off. How many of you are just tired of your old way of believing? Come on. Just tired of your old faith of believing. Oh, Jesus. Church, if, if we have, what is the purpose of this meeting if we don't believe in the supernatural? What is the purpose of this meeting if, if we're not going to pour? What is the purpose of this meeting if we're not going to take the lid off? Everything Elisha said was powerful, but the demonstration started when she took the lid off, shut the doors, and said to her boys, Now my name is at stake. Now I'm going to do something I've never done in my whole life. But I don't have a lot of time left. Because before that devil knocks at my door, I need to get this thing done. Some of you cannot afford to go home without acting. Some of you cannot afford to go back to your house and do business as usual because you could meet the creditor at the front door at the same time. So you need to go back with oil, load it up. Come on, church. Father, I thank you tonight for miracles. Jesus, I thank you that you're going to touch your people. And I thank you that you're going to help your people. And I thank you, Lord, that your name will be glorified in a glorious way tonight. Can I get the keyboards and the people up here that will help me? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. What do you have in the house? What do you have in the house? In the house. Say in the house. I remember when Roger Teal prophesied to me in 1982, and your gift will make room for you. And your gift will make room for you. And I thought, what gift? And when this gift made room for you, will you will go to the nations. 